0: why i make that announcement you already know because you clicked on it i'm here with austin the hooligan yulin hello been on here before um smart guy we got we got really deep on the previous episode and there's a lot more uh you got a lot of layers you know
1: i do i'm like an ogre an onion <laughs> <laughs> i have layers
0: exactly but uh so you uh work in what's what's the right term creative canon so i was going to say graphic design but i feel like it's way more than that
1: it is it's it's just advertising Mm as a general term because we do videography for commercials we do uh, graphic design we do social media management uh, Mm -hmm. website building we do everything so
0: how's that uh how's business during the Uh, whole pandemic slow
1: been kind of shitty yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's um well it hasn't been too bad we've actually been um pretty lucky uh but you know there were some things we were going to do like some cinco de mayo events and Mm -hmm. just different things we were going to have these big projects that all got shut down by rona so yeah that's rough we've had to find other avenues to to make sure we could make payroll
0: i feel that you're you're doing what i went to school for so it's like
1: i'm doing what i went to school for yeah yeah so Yeah. yeah
0: doing doing what you're supposed to
1: yeah uh i i love it man it's um I don't like deadlines. I don't like shitty clients, but uh-huh. I do enjoy doing fun stuff every day. You know, I do enjoy filming. I do enjoy coming up with logos. Like I even enjoy social media. So it's all every day. There's something I enjoy. Like there's a lot of people who have to go to work and hate every aspect of their job and everybody that works there. And I like the dudes I work with and uh-huh. I like uh, what I do. So I can't, I can't complain too hard when I have to deal with a short deadline or a, a client who's not happy.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds fun. The studio you guys have is really dope.
1: Yeah, up, it's uh, up in that uh
0: Herring Bank, is that what it is? The Herring
1: Bank building, yeah. yeah. On the ninth floor we uh we have a good view and um it, it it's a chill spot, you know, like we uh I think all creatives know that they have to be comfortable in order to create things mm-hmm. and we want it to be comfortable and productive, so
0: yeah, that's why I put up this uh lovely American flag, make yeah, sure. Yeah, it
1: looks, uh, I'm going to be honest, it looks like you bought it yesterday and just put it up there. It's still all creased. and.
0: Well, I uh, I didn't, I, but I have just kind of left it folded for a long time. You don't want
1: to towel iron something, Matt?
0: Define towel iron. <laughs> okay, that answers the question. <laughs> no, I can't. It's,
1: it's ironing where you, you take a, a towel, mm-hmm. sometimes damp, and you put it over the object. Over and it. And then you iron it so that you're not burning... This you're not burning the American flag, not, not burning you, old glory. You will go to jail. Yeah, apparently, be- soon. Betsy Ross would be pissed. Yeah, you know who else would be pissed. Old D T. He'd be mad. Yeah,
0: the Don. <laughs> yeah. You excited uh, about the selection? Uh, Kanye just threw his hat in the ring, so um, it's about to get wild.
1: I feel like I'm, a, I'm in a really weird reality TV show. Like that movie, Idiocracy, is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it's it's all just entertainment value at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Like to me, and I knew it going in. I knew Donald Trump when he got elected. It was going to be so easy to write material. It was just going to be, the next four years were going to just be some of the most fun political years. And and then everything happened in 2020 at one time. And yeah. I don't think I was ready for all that. But, uh, it all
0: came crashing down.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm i'll I'll say this, I've never voted mm-hmm. because I just uh, quite frankly didn't give a shit yeah because i I don't think that person is who controls the government you know mm-hmm. um there's a whole lot of moving pieces, and just because that person you know is there, they're the figurehead sure, and they make decisions, but it's it's not all that's needed to make change happen um, i I don't know i I feel like I want to vote this year, but not, don't ask me who because I still don't know
0: yeah, there's nobody I believe in everyone's like talking about like the third party candidate libertarians yeah i don't know i like i don't feel knowledgeable enough to vote
1: (laughs) i mean i would almost vote for them just out of not voting for one of the other two jackasses yeah that's Uh, that's what i was leaning towards you know you have to uh, choose between a rapist or a racist so it's kind of uh
0: yeah and they both i mean he might joe biden's not racist anymore but there's quotes of him being like i don't want my kids being in a desegregated school i don't want my kids growing up in a jungle yeah <laughs> that was probably like in the 70s but maybe he's, i mean he's obviously changed
1: it's probably like 2006 <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man it's uh times are a changing and if you don't change with them then you get left behind and uh we're i think i think the world in general but especially this country's in a big uh, a big shifting phase a big pivot point where going forward we're not going to be able to do certain things uh which will hopefully allow us to be able to do certain things Mm. so i think uh the more fat you trim and the more uh in the direction of productivity and and good stuff um the better you are
0: nice it's a good way to put it yeah i was supposed to introduce the podcast with a clip from bill burr but i'm just gonna play it now this is bill burr uh I versus love, a I love versus a blind heckler. It's uh, a.
1: You gonna have a 41? You, you still gonna have a bachelor works. party? Do you, don't, do you really need to, man? I mean, you're 41. You just lived the bachelor party for fucking 20 years, right? Damn. You can do what you can play places. Yeah, you're not Yeah. What? What? I, I can't go to titty bars anymore. I just I
2: remember those.
1: You can't see him. You're blind.
2: Jeez, Well, thank you
3: for fucking bringing it all the way.
2: Jesus Christ, do you got problems with your kidneys too? We can just...
3: This man is blind too, really? Hurt <laughs>
0: favorite clips
1: bill Burr's good man i like him
0: yeah i know uh you've always been uh, really good at doing like crowd work stuff so i thought it'd be like a fitting thing to show show him uh just fucking around with some some hecklers
1: man it's cool to see approaches people take with hecklers because some people uh like that was very artful in the way that he uh Kept going with insult comedy, which he he does a lot of like frustrated, insultive, uh, you know, very angsty kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see him keep that going with the blind guy. He didn't change his approach. He didn't change his style. He went with instead of saying, "Oh, you're blind," you know, "What are you doing in the show?" He was like, oh, "You're not blind." <laughs> like that's uh that's a that's an interesting approach, man. I don't I don't know if I would have even done it that way. Yeah, that
0: time. was that was bold. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're all fucking blind. <laughs>
0: It's a classic anywho back to the topics we were talking about um so what do you think uh you you plan on you know putting yourself more into uh the comedy scene the comedy world do you eventually think, uh, yeah. <laughs> if we can ever do it again, that'd be dope that's what I'm wondering if it's gonna God. if it's ever gonna come back to the way it was or if it's just gonna be like, hey, we're doing video chats. Yeah, listen, you know? <laughs> I, I
1: want to be safe, and I want to make sure that we're good before we go back to it, but coronavirus is being a real cunt right now because uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to do comedy again. Uh, it just needs to go away.
0: Yeah, I I concur. I saw the...
1: I can't do stand-up in a Zoom video. <laughs> I can't do these, like... because. I need that crowd to laugh at me, man. If I'm just telling, I can do that in my bathroom in front of the mirror. Like I don't need a yeah, zoom. Yeah, I did. Dump. I did a zoom open
0: mic and it sucked. Oh, it was it was terrible.
1: It's an awful idea. Absolutely. I won't. I won't do it. I, I'd rather just.
0: I won't do it again. That's for damn sure.
1: It's like I mean, because that's uh, any performer. That's what you feed off of is a live crowd. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of it. Um, you know, even uh, actors are the only ones that don't. And the difference is they're playing a part that's supposed to be something that you don't need the live crowd for. You're creating mm-hmm. a piece of art, whereas every other form of entertainment from figure skating to comedy to pro wrestling to anything else, you mm-hmm. need that live crowd to be able to feed off of them for your performance. It's just the way it works, man. You can't, you can't just make a video of you telling jokes and then send it out in the world and expect it to work because it's not that's not how comedy works it never has
0: yeah i mean unless you're like a, a late show host and you have a laugh track or something but
1: wait a minute looks... matt you might be on to something <laughs> <laughs> how many laugh tracks can i find in 10 minutes
0: I can find a lot i'm gonna add a laugh track to my podcast just pretend we have a live audience here. absolutely
1: do it <laughs> but make it like kids at a daycare laughing uh,
0: that would be weird
1: yeah but, like, when I said cunt, it would be way funnier if it was a bunch of kids. Oh, that would be
0: instead hilarious. Adults. like, yeah. well, my mom calls me that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> my dad calls my mom that while she's while sitting there. um It's okay. My mom tripped over the oven door once, too.
3: Uh, <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> I have to edit that out. We don't talk about abuse anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. My bad. We're woke. We can't talk about abuse or blank people black people. Blackface. Yeah. Uh,. I was showing my girlfriend the uh, jazz singer, the Al Jolson performance at the end, the like super racist blackface thing. At the end of what? The jazz singer. It was the first uh, talkie, the first movie with sound.
0: They call them talkies? Yeah. Oh, I'm so behind. Okay. They call
1: them silent films and talkies. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know uh, that. You would have learned that had you paid attention in class. Probably. Um, I took the same class. <laughs>
0: what was the name of it?
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> film one i don't know (laughs) oh no i definitely didn't take that class. um but you know my thing is like i don't think back then uh he was a al jolson was a a huge advocate from what i've read Mm. uh, for black rights and i think he was kind of like if black people weren't gonna be able to perform he wanted to kind of bring their what their performances would be to life Mm -hmm. and that was the best way they knew how back then
0: that's an interesting way to put it.
1: I don't think, and maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was a huge yeah. racist and he just faked <laughs> all the, you know, all the, all the good stuff. I don't know, but. Uh, He's probably a little racist. I think everybody was. Yeah, back then. I think, yeah.
0: If you go back far enough, like, everybody was racist. Yeah.
1: My right. grandfather, who passed away a few years ago, was, mm. was fake racist. Like, he was raised to think those things and mm-hmm. he would use the N-word freely. Mm. And yet, he had some of his good friends from black and like, yeah hung, that's that's yeah. always weird yeah <laughs> it's so weird he, he wasn't a gangster it wasn't like he was saying it around them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i said a <laughs> there was a soft a at the end <laughs> we don't use hard r's in this household I,
0: there's like a a thing happening now in the entertainment industry what like uh yeah uh i don't know if you watch big mouth but one i of love the, big mouth. one of the actresses plays a black plays a black girl and she like left sure uh, Cleveland Brown isn't going to be on My Family Guy anymore because it's a white guy. That's so stupid. I think it, yeah, it's ridiculous. And then um, Always Sunny, I don't know, are you a fan of that show?
1: Uh, here's the thing, I should be, mm. uh, but there's so many seasons I kind of almost don't want to watch it because if I started, and I've seen a few episodes, mm-hmm. but if I actually started watching it, I'd have to watch the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I've seen it and yes, I do like it, but.
0: There's there's several episodes where they do blackface because they, they do Lethal Weapon 4 and 5. Mm-hmm and the, they do uh what's his name danny glover danny Glover. and half the movie he's in blackface and half the movie he isn't and it's hilarious and it's fun but hulu like removed all those episodes
1: i uh i get it mm-hmm. you know uh, as a business you have to do what you have to do um because they're all public businesses mm-hmm. like they have stockholders and you know you have to f- with the way society's going and we're starting to go in a direction that's cleaner and you know not as uh, uh, we're watching out for everybody's opinions and everybody's mm-hmm. feelings and that's good overall mm-hmm. uh, but also I think sometimes it can go too far in that direction mm-hmm. um, because if those things, if we can't make light of some of those things, um, whether it's stereotypes, uh, whether it's racism, whether it's, um, ageism, you know, whatever it is, there's not going to be any comedy left. Um, yeah, that's true. you can't, Jerry Seinfeld's not funny to everybody.
0: Yeah. Not at all to me.
1: Yeah. Not me either. <laughs> and, uh, you have to have, you have to be able to take those dark things, no pun intended and, <laughs> and, and put them into light into areas and spaces that um they can be made light of Mm -hmm. so that we can cope with those things if we if we those people will never go away Mm -hmm. the people who use malice and and bad intent towards others because of race or religion or sexual orientation or whatever it is um those people aren't going to go away they might go into hiding they might uh end up shooting up a school someday. You know, you never know what those crazy bastards are going <laughs> to do, but you can't erase everything. You can't, uh, you know, like there are certain things from history that have been misconstrued and certain things that were good, that were erased, certain things that were bad were erased. Uh, so we'll never know what true history is like, but that's a good point. You can't, um, you can't just make it go away. Uh, by saying it's not allowed anymore mm. um, yeah. you have to wait you have to you can't change perspective is subjective mm-hmm. and you can't change an objective overall perspective without changing those subjective perspectives. you can't change the world without changing the people in the world subjective
0: perspectives this should be the name of my podcast I
1: love it um you so you have to be able to show people why things are good and bad, not just tell them that they are bad mm-hmm. uh, in order to change their minds. And you have to, that takes time and development and training. And you can't just say, we, by the way, we can't do this anymore. Like you guys have just been doing this too mm-hmm. long because you're going to get, I mean, obviously you're going to get, uh, fight. You're, people are going to fight back. Yeah. You know, people are going to, you're going to get pushback. And you have to, I'm not the president. I'm not anybody in a power position but i think i understand how um sort of long-term brains work you know um it doesn't change overnight it's been um 170 years 100 and yeah since like 160 years since the civil war mm, yeah and uh things are still pretty rough you know absolutely um, there have been martyrs. I mean, Dr. Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, there have been people who have fought the good fight. But until you are able to change people's minds, um, but not go past that, so it can't be one or two. our our, our societies become so dynamic that it's one extreme or the other. It's mm-hmm. either you're way right wing or way left, uh, way left wing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, You know, I've been told that I was a liberal and that I was a Democrat. And I was like, well, no, because I don't like a lot of shit they do either. You know, (laughs) like I I just want to do what's right. I don't want to choose a side, you know. Um, So I think it's you can say, yes, we don't need to do this. Yes, uh, we need to start moving in a better direction. And here's how we can accomplish that Mm -hmm. with baby steps. But you cannot say, let's let's take an actor off of a cartoon. Yeah. because a white person played a black person that's stupid
0: yeah it's I don't think it's really getting to the root of the issue I think it's like a temporary like oh we won it's like an yeah. instant gratification it's one of those small band-aid <laughs> victories that will yeah. be gone
1: in five years mm-hmm. it means nothing
0: and it's especially upsetting because Always Sunny's new season um, had an episode removed and I didn't get to watch it so I'm sad I'm gonna have I, uh, to pirate it
1: I, I've kind of rambled for a little bit but i this is actually me thinking about it this is the first time i've said anything about it mm. publicly no oh, yeah uh, i haven't been on social media i haven't talked about it on social media i haven't talked about any of the stuff going on just because i don't a lot of times i don't like talking about things i'm not informed on yeah uh, i try I not that. to i try not to shove my foot in my mouth um but also I'd, i you know you have to look at both sides whether you like them or not weigh them out and and make a decision. I mean, it's you have to look at it like a math problem. Yeah, and there's a lot Otherwise, of factors. <laughs> people make decisions on emotion and that never solves anything. Very true. All right, Very so true. Let's talk about something funny instead.
0: All right, yeah, cool. Let's talk about funny stuff. Um you're done wrestling, correct?
1: Yeah, man, I'm done. Uh That's sad, too. Thanks a lot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I thought um,
0: maybe man. you'd have like a, you know, like a reunion
1: no, you know, like uh, back from the dead, I've the been, hooligan. Shut up. I've been asked <laughs> several times by peers and, and bookers and stuff to come back, but I just, um, I'll, I'll watch wrestling and I'll see, you know, some cool moves, or I'll be like, man, that'd be cool to try, or do mm-hmm. this series, or you know, do these, um, certain things with entrances, or whatever it is. And then I think, oh, also, I have to get punched and yeah. and thrown around. And uh, I'm 34, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't old, but for a wrestler...
0: I look older than you, and I'm 26, so...
1: Well, that's because you're a large man, I think. I think I'm a tiny baby man. (laughs) I'm a tiny child man. Um, The concussions, mostly, is Mm. my issue. Um, I've had a few. One of them was pretty bad. um, And my mental cognition... In a lot of ways, short-term memory, stuff like that, I've noticed over the years has gotten worse. Mm. Um, And once you get concussions, you're more uh, prone to get more concussions. You're more prone to murder your family. Also that. Um, And I already have uh, a distinct line of dementia and Alzheimer's in my family. Oh. Uh, Both um, both sets of grandparents had one form or another of dementia or Alzheimer's. That's intense. And uh, my grandma now, she's... She's still alive. She's the last one I have left. Um, I think hers is kind of uh, uh, preemptive signs. I think it's kind of early, early stage signs. You know, just short term memory loss, not mm-hmm. being able to recall people's names, stuff like that. But yeah. she still goes to work every day and she still functions just fine. She nice. she does well. She just, if you ask her like, who called, she'd be like, oh, it was, uh, you know, uh, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and she can't. She knows who it is. Yeah. She just can't remember their name. Oh, that happens. That yeah. seems natural, right? But with her, it's like every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she'll be like, oh, your sister. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, Whitney. And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, good. Nice. So it's, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's sad to see that. I've been through that with family members before. Oh, yeah, but uh, that's rough. And I hope that she doesn't have to deal with that. I really mm-hmm. hope that, uh, she decides that she's ready to go before it gets bad mm-hmm. because I don't want to see anybody go through that. It, I, I can imagine how scary and frightening and just, you know, they get so paranoid mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with the confusion and yeah. it just, it, it hurt, it hurts your heart. Ooh, coffee being delivered. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, So it's, it's a, it's just something I didn't want to deal with, man. The, mm-hmm. um, the performance side of things is what I miss. You know, the, the wrestling and the moves I miss. Um, but I think I can figure that out another way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, doing comedy fills that void of having an audience and being able to be on a microphone and talk yeah. and, and be a character and kind of, you know, the, and it hurts way less and I've gotten more free drinks. Nice. So, oh. you know, th- that fills that void.
0: You could always do that thing where you're like pretending to be the wrestler's manager when you're just ringside like fucking with people tripping y- them and stuff you know
1: what's crazy <laughs> uh yes i could um i always thought the same thing mm-hmm. the the pretend manager bit but the very first time i wrestled a tag match where the other team had a manager and my team had a manager they actually managed us oh wow yeah like so it's not just a gimmick uh it can be mm-hmm. sometimes but if, if you have a guy who knows what he's doing, like a lot of times if older guys, or not even older guys, but guys who used to wrestle become managers, mm-hmm. it's the best ones to have because they know what's going on. And they can listen to the crowd better than you can in a mm-hmm. lot of ways because they're not point. having to deal with the moves. Yeah. So, you know, we would be in a match and, uh, you know, the the I'd get knocked over by the ropes. My manager would come up and he's checking on me, quote unquote, you know, to see if I'm okay. But he's also like, hey, we're losing the crowd a little bit. Let's pick it up and then go ahead and take it home.
0: Oh, that's legit. Yeah. And I never so thought he's, about he's that.
1: actually managing the match, uh, letting us know how it looks and mm-hmm. what we should be doing. And uh, as soon as he did that, I was like, "Oh shit!" He actually managed us. That's dope. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, and I've done that in several matches because like, I've managed some, you know, tag team partners or guys, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be like, "Hey, you know, you let's, uh, we're losing them a little bit, or you know, don't forget this thing," because, you know, the managers will listen to how a guys, two guys, are putting a match together. Yeah. And if those guys are you know missing a spot or in a series or if something's going wrong they can kind of help get them back on track too that's awesome uh, you know so it's uh did you it actually is a management position Could you
0: come out in like a, a suit and tie
1: no i will yeah. never do that <laughs> um no no <laughs> i've worn suits and i look good in suits and i'm okay with there are times when you need to be dapper yeah uh, wrestling ring's not one of them for me Makes i'm sense. a disgusting vile man <laughs> wrestling ring it's beautiful yeah
0: nice so yeah you want to uh i see that you know you've got you're really comfortable on stage you've been doing it like five years stand-up comedy yeah said? off and on yeah yeah and it was always uh you just seem really natural up there and that just comes from from wrestling is yeah
1: it? wrestling is the one of the purest forms of entertainment mm-hmm. um because there's no buffer um when you can train uh you can learn your best uh, about the business but if you go somewhere and wrestle um, there's no rehearsal Mm-hmm. you know you're going in there and you're you're performing this piece with a guy who sometimes you've never met before uh, you don't know anything about um, and you have to go in there and you both have to be professional workers that can produce something that people are gonna love mm-hmm. and you have to do it on the first take there's no retakes there's no cuts there's it's all live mm-hmm um, so it's, you know, I like to call it violent theater. Um, that's my favorite term to use for pro wrestling because it's, it's sort of a dance, you know, cause of the choreography, it's sort of a live theater because of the the promos and the characters and the performances. Mm-hmm. And then there's where you're knocking the shit out of each other yeah. <laughs> and the violence, you know, um, it's, um, it, it really is to me the, the best combination of mm-hmm. art and, and performance and, and it. It, it's a beautiful thing. I, I fell in love with it at a young age for a reason, and it took me a long time to break it down and figure out why. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it takes aspects of everything that I love and puts them together. Nice. Um, from you know music to theater to mm-hmm. movies um, and violence and and everything. It just it puts it all in one place, and you don't have to. Uh, you know, if we can, you, this is kind of cliche, but if we can take those people that are sitting on the crowd on a Friday night or Saturday night and let them forget about every problem they have for 2 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh we did our job. You yeah. know, it's it's not how many t-shirts we sold, it's not um you know, it's not how much money you made. It's it's if that person in the front row when you look at them, you see either the joy or the anger on the f- on their face based on what kind of character you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they're going to tell somebody about that. You know, that's that's the reason we do what we do.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It's a good way to look at it. I feel like it uh probably like helps a lot with like crowd work like being able to read a room sure. things like that
1: sure there's there's tons of times especially as a bad guy in wrestling where you have to you know you'll somebody will talk shit in the crowd and mm. you have to talk shit back because a bad guy would do that a yeah. bad guy wouldn't let you say that and get away with it um i mean i've had knives pulled on me i've had people swing at me like it's, really yeah it's um like after
0: the, like during the yeah during the match, match. Yeah. wow yeah. did they just run out there
1: No, not like they didn't jump the barrier, Oh, but um, I would get, you know, close to the barrier and Mm -hmm. uh, get in their faces and, you know, that's part of being a bad guy. You try to bring as much realism to it as you can and Mm -hmm. it's risky sometimes, but uh, you have to make the, if I can make a a little kid in the crowd think it's real again, then I'm going to do that because, you know, obviously we're in an era where wrestling is not uh, the um, secret that it was uh, Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, so
0: was it a secret
1: well it, the realism of it mm-hmm. was uh you know people didn't use the f word uh back in the day mm. um okay because yeah.
0: brad and jimmy were mentioning that and i was like i, I thought everyone was kind of just in on it and we just agreed to enjoy it anyway uh
1: <laughs> in the in the last probably 25 years yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but it, and it kind of happened uh um, during the whole steroid cases in the 90s mm, okay. um, because there was a lot of lawsuits being brought against the WWE for steroid usage, and basically they had to say, well, this is why there's no steroids because nobody's trying to beat anybody. Like, mm. it's it's an act. Like, they okay. had to say that in court. I and see. And that was okay. the first time it had ever been publicly kind of put out there because before that if you said, Hey, you know, I think this is fake. You'd get the shit beat out of you. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's happened plenty of times. Those, those old, old veterans, man, they would um, take it to their grave. You know, they, that was uh, the secret. And it's, it was probably exhausting. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. my buddy Cody and I were trained together and we were brought up that way. We were brought up in the business of protect it. And um, you know, it's real. Yeah. and uh for a long time we did that until it literally became more exhausting to do that because everybody knew like yeah. you know it's like uh you know going up to somebody and seeing donald like it, donald trump goes up to somebody and he's like yeah my skin's not orange and my hair's real mm-hmm. like we know <laughs> don't don't try to bullshit us yeah no, because it became it, it became the point of we were insulting their intelligence mm-hmm. and, and then uh you know if once you start insulting somebody's intelligence they're not going to watch your products. so yeah that's you know. fair
0: i saw an old clip i don't know it's probably like early to mid 90s i don't know the wrestler's name but that guy uh, john stossel was interviewing him yeah and he he mentioned and it being slapped fake shit out <laughs> <of> him <laughs> yeah he slapped him like twice i think like really hard yeah it's like does uh, this feel fake
1: to you did you watch that on the dark side of the ring have you no, have you seen that show there's a whole there's a whole episode of that series on Hulu. Mm. Um, it's called Dark Side of the Ring, and they've, they've got a g- re- lot of really good episodes. I would recommend that to anybody who's who's interested in wrestling or even people who aren't, um, but who like kind of documentary style, like mysteries and stuff like that, because it talks a lot about the, um, you know, there's two episodes about the Chris Benoit murders.
0: Mm. Um, I watched uh, like a, I think it was from Vice, like an hour documentary yeah. on Chris Benoit. Yeah.
1: Um, but this one had uh, Chris's wife's, sister so his Mm sister-in-law and his other son was on this documentary you know talking about what happened uh yeah there's some good stuff on there but there is one about um john stossel getting the shit slapped out of him (laughs) because he's an idiot how do you go to a man that's you know 200 pounds more than you and say "Well, i think this is fake when you know he's Mm -hmm. pretty upset already like come on
0: was it like right after a match or something
1: I think he was going to a match, or it, mm. he was uh, he was in the building, and, and somebody said, hey, just come over here and do this interview. Okay. So he kind of got thrown into it, too. Yeah,
0: and he was already in that mindset, like, I'm about to go yeah, I mean, fuck someone up, I'm about he, to go perform.
1: Even if he wasn't, like, you know, you're sitting in the locker room, and somebody says, hey, come just do this interview real quick, uh-huh. and he gets pulled in, in there and thrown into it and surprised with a, I think this is fake. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. That slapped the fuck out of you, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like insulting your, your whole way of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's like me saying, oh, I think you're a hack journalist. Mm-hmm. You know, like, wow, that's rude. Um, I was just asking questions about wrestling.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, wrestling. I don't know any wrestlers anymore. I know that dude Roman Reigns. He's like the biggest name right now, right?
1: Uh, not since COVID, man. Oh yeah. He's he's been out. He's been. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a big name, but he um, he had leukemia. Couple of years ago, I thought there was like he, a he, disease. He, he had, had it when it was like when he was like 12, and then he had mm-hmm. it again recently. Uh, so when COVID happened, he was like, I'm staying home, mm. <laughs> I'm not leaving my house. That's Hate fair, it. yeah. Um,
0: that's the like really only current wrestler from like the latest generation that I can name, yeah. Man, Undertaker like, I know John Cena still wrestling, right? Uh,
1: like off and on, like mm. once a year, <laughs> maybe? I don't know. Um, The Undertaker <laughs> just recently, I'm gonna put this in air quotes, too, retired. Uh, And he was kind of the last of that older generation that I was talking about. He was kind of he Mm -hmm. was one of those guys that protected the business better than anybody else. Um, He he would, you know, show up to interviews in all black and just kind of, you know, he lived that character all the time for 30 years.
0: But then he switched up and became a biker for like five years.
1: Yeah, um, but if he hadn't done that, the cha- other character would have gotten stale and nobody would have liked it anymore. Mm, so sometimes, that's true, huh? Sometimes you have to have the dips to get the peaks, you know? Um, that's good. If you, stay, if you try to stay at a peak the whole time, you're just going to go down mm-hmm. and then not come back up. But uh, if you do your own dips every once in a while, you're mm-hmm. able to control your ups a little bit.
0: I never liked his uh, his finishing move. Because he would, like, pin guys and, like, put his dick on their forehead, you know? Always, I think that's why he did it. It always seemed a little weird to me.
1: I think it's dope. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you have a move that's so insulting that when you pin the guy, you're putting your dick in his mouth? Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. Sound logic. Yeah. Your sweaty balls.
1: Yeah. Like, like I really beat you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Definitely. really win because my dick is pressed against your cheek. <laughs> you can't tell me that I didn't win. Um but, yeah, he, even he now, he's on social media now. Um, he's using his real name. Ah. You know, he's kind of, like, doing interviews. He never did interviews. He did, like, two interviews over 30 years, and now he's doing all these podcasts and all these interviews and all these TV spots and stuff because, you know, he's he's understanding what the world has become. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm coming to the end of it. So now it's my turn to tell my story and kind of have this whole other section of his career, you know, That's where he's... He's doing all that stuff. Yeah. So he I was think always it's cool, my favorite man. as a kid. Undertaker? Yeah. Even with the ball thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even with
0: it. I'm still still down.
1: Yeah. Um he's good, man. He's he's one of the all time greats, that's for sure.
0: I saw Kane as like a senator somewhere or something.
1: He's or a the, governor. He's the mayor of Knoxville County, Tennessee.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's
1: a uh, Mayor Kane ironic thing kane wore a mask for a lot of his career and he's actually fighting for knoxville county to not wear masks during covid oh really (laughs) yeah of irony there
0: (laughs) that is funny he's like i couldn't breathe for 20 years
1: (laughs) right yeah um i want to i want to (laughs) breathe
0: oh man he's like surprisingly like more of a regular looking guy than like I imagined. Yeah,
1: middle-aged has normalized <laughs> him a little bit. Um, yeah, he's he's gotten a little more. His hair's so weird. He's got short hair, but it looks like doll hair. It's very strange. I don't know. Look up a picture of. Oh no! Look, I know what you mean. Look up a picture of Glenn Jacobs, Knoxville County Mayor.
0: <laughs> I remember they uh, when they unmasked him on Raw, and he kind of had like that curly hair on top of his head.
1: Yeah, because he always had long hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then before they did the unmasking, he was gonna he was gonna be bald-ish when they unmasked him so he cut his hair to like a little afro in the back kind of and left the front bald because the idea the character was that he had been burned as a child Mm -hmm. and so because undertaker lit his house on fire and they were brothers and -hmm. it killed his parents and kane was burned but he would come back someday and get his vengeance that was the story Um, classic story his name is Cain because of the biblical story Mm -hmm. kind of tied in. And uh, he shows up with this mask and it's super intimidating. And then when he, you know, a few years later, it's like five or six years, he takes the mask off and he looks like a weird party clown a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He had black around his eyes, but you could tell his makeup and he Mm -hmm. had shaved the front half of his head. So that was the part that was burnt Mm -hmm. because you can't grow hair where you're burnt, but he wasn't a burn victim. And eventually that kind of, subsided like he started just shaving his whole head and then the, the makeup was kinda gone and and then like uh I don't know, ten years later he put the mask back on with a wig strapped to it and wrestled in a mm. wigged mask to bring back the old game.
0: Oh I didn't I didn't realize he brought the mask back.
1: Yeah. Nice. Um you need to watch more wrestling, Matt.
0: I do, man. <laughs> I really do.
1: I, I wanna do I, I wanna try to go on the the Chris Jericho Uh, rocking wrestling rager cruise again this next year but i don't know with all the corona i don't know if i'm gonna be able to afford it that sounds like a good time dude it's dope i went uh the first year which was in 2018 Mm -hmm. and it was wrestling it was comedians it was podcasts it was video Mm -hmm. games it was literally everything i like in one cruise uh musical performances Mm -hmm. it was dope dude
0: i feel like uh cruise ship comics get talked a lot of shit down by other comedians Sure. but I think you make a really good money. Yeah. I mean on a cruise.
1: yeah, uh it's it's because it's kind of the retirement home of mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh <laughs> it's like going to retirement homes or performing or you know, like doing corporate gigs. I like guess mm-hmm. kind of that sort of like, ah that's cheesy. That's not, you know, real comedy and I, I get it, but I have a friend Kristen Key who she actually got stuck out at sea when corona hit because Oh man! <laughs> because of uh, she was doing a cruise ship and she got quarantined and she got back to an air force base. Uh, when she got back and they quarantined her for another two weeks. Is
0: she a comedian?
1: Yeah, she's from here. She's a comedian. Okay, yeah, I think I've, I've she was on Bring the Funny this last. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This last season. I've
0: heard of her. I haven't like met her or anything, but I remember I she's was funny. I was talking to MJs and she like performed there.
1: She does a lot of uh, musical comedy. She she kind of had a couple hit songs back in the day when she was doing true stand up. Uh, And then she started kind of going that direction with everything. She's funny. She's made it work really well for her. That's awesome. Mad props to Kristen. But, yeah, dude, I would love to, uh, you know, uh, Brad Williams, the midget comedian, was there. Oh, hell yeah. He's hilarious. He told me I could say midget, so it's cool. Um, (laughs) uh, Ron Funches was supposed to be there, but he couldn't show up. Oh, dude, I love Ron Funches. Uh, Hey, guys. (laughs) Two two (laughs) of the dudes from uh, Impractical Jokers were on there nice um it, it was cool man it was a good time and i'd love to do it again um man it'd be cool to perform at it one day it's open yeah. for one of those dudes i, I don't do know it. if
0: um they all do stand up but i know that dude sal from impractical jokers is like i a, think he's the only
1: one that okay. does real stand up uh the other some of the others do some like improv-y type stuff mm-hmm. but i think sal's the only one that does true stand up
0: yeah I guess funny he
1: is uh did you see the episode where he was punished by having to do a corporate stand up gig and he had to completely bomb. Oh, no.
0: that sounds amazing.
1: He had to go up there and just not, he had to make sure they didn't laugh. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: it was, uh, he was sweating hard. He'd be yeah. good at it.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'd try my best and be like, why is nobody laughing? <laughs> yeah.
1: This is way easier than I thought. Um, no, but he, uh, it was a good one. He, it, Everybody was just kind of looking around. I think one guy left the room. It was, it that's was awesome. all. That's the worst feeling in the world. That's like saying. Room. That's like you know. Asking somebody who plays violin to just make it sound like cats dying, and it'd be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. The... Maybe, what? Let me ask you this: What's the worst you've ever bombed? Like, what's the worst show and worst set you've ever had?
0: Probably, like early on when I was doing uh, eight oh six for like the. It's probably like two or three months in. And I was trying to make a joke um, about Hitler. And I was going to say, like, Hitler wasn't even that great of a dictator. You know, he didn't kill nearly enough Jews. And I stopped at that point and I forgot the rest of the joke. And I think you, I remember this show. Yeah, like when, you, when you're supposed to, like, shock the crowd and then add a punchline to, like, be like, oh, you know, put a, you band-aid, forgot the punch line. Put a band-aid on it. And I just said something terrible, and then just kind of left it. And it was went like, to uh, the next joke. Where else? Where Where do I go from here? <laughs>
1: that's pretty. I mean, that's a funny statement in itself. Yeah. Um
0: I, I never tried to flesh out that bit either. I think it's just too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, you need to. Um, <laughs> I started writing some uh, little bits. Uh, you know, like I've I've had a lot of experiences in my life. Mm-hmm. Um and there's certain things that I've learned that these are just kind of like life hacks, like little tips that I wanted to share with people. Um, and it's a list of, of these things. And, you know, like one of them is, uh, if you're going to be decorating a new house, make sure it's not black light decorations in your bathroom, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know,
0: because of all the semen,
1: the semen. Um, this is why zoom conferences don't work for comedy. Mm -hmm. There's no live crowd. Uh, but I think the worst I ever bombed was at zombies, uh, in front of like three bikers. Uh, no, there was actually quite a few. It was like 20, 20 or so regulars. And they were talking a lot Mm -hmm. and I was pissed off because somebody didn't show up or something. I was, I was mad for some reason. And I basically went through my set as if it were reading a book to middle school children. Mm -hmm. Like just, I was just like, okay. And then this happened and this happened. Great. You're not laughing? Awesome. Here's the next one. Like mm-hmm. I just and I just rolled through it, and once I got through it, I was like, "Fuck it," and yeah. just walked off stage. Like I didn't even care. I was mad already, mm-hmm. and nobody laughed at all, and I didn't give a fuck. I think, I um,
0: yeah, I, my first time performing at Zombies, I probably bombed, but I was like so early on that I didn't even know what I was doing, right you now. But because <laughs> I remember, I kept getting heckled. Like people would keep yelling. And I was just like, I'm not even gonna acknowledge it. I'm not even gonna look up. I'm not even gonna look at their out. eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. After after uh, you put some time in, you're like, no. Every, every time someone talks, I need to make sure
1: I'm shutting that shit down. Yeah,
0: because you got to get the crowd on your side. You can be like, hey, look at this bitch we hate over here. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> that, you know, and the, that's my favorite part about uh, comedy is is heckling, really, because to me, it's just like free material. Like I don't <laughs> Yeah, and you're great at it. Sometimes I can just like take ten minutes and talk about whatever's happening in the crowd and then like, oh, I don't even have to do the rest of my set. Good seeing you guys Have a You're, good night. you're
0: really fast with it. Sometimes sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. But I can't I can't ever like go up there and be like be ready for it. I either it either comes to me or I'm just like, Ah, oh, whatever.
1: Matt, you, you gotta always be ready. I
0: do. I do. There was <laughs> Hashtag always ready. <laughs> at Marshall's Tavern there was this guy, you probably know him. He's uh this older gentleman probably a biker i think he's a biker but his arms are missing from the forearm down
1: yeah that's tony
0: both arms yeah he's got two claws tony hooks (laughs) tony hooks anyway like i just kept like i made a
1: peter pan joke about him one time
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i just kept like he kept he was talking but he wasn't like being like a dick or anything but i just kept finding ways to like make my jokes make him part of my like punchline in some way or another like oh you know it's this guy has trouble wiping his ass, you know things like that. Right. And it was it was going great, but it wasn't like. It's not like I'm good at crowd work. It just like happened to work out for me sure. this one time, but yeah, can it's you, fun.
1: Can you use those hooks to clamp your fucking mouth shut, Tony? <laughs> um, I like that dude. He's he's a super sweet guy. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, and he, we've talked shit on each other over the. He used to come to all the zombie shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really go there anymore, but. He used to come to every zombie show, and he would just talk so much shit, and I'd talk back, and it was—he's a good—he's a good audience member. Yeah. He made it fun. I miss—I miss comedy. The last two shows, like the open mic and the last show we did, I—I I had to miss out on due to some family stuff, but I, uh, man, I wanted to be there. I was—I was excited about it, and I've got some new material, and mm-hmm. I've been wanting to try it out. But fucking Rona, bro. Yeah, he's I don't know. Shit
0: up. I don't know if I want to, like, go forward with the mic Tuesday. Because, like, we have to wear masks now. You Like, you can't do a comedy in a mask. You have to have, like, facial expressions. People have to see your face, you know? I don't yeah, know.
1: Yeah, plus it's going to be all muffled, or you can't really tell yeah. what you're saying anyway.
0: Ruins the point, unless you've got some great mask jokes. Which I don't. No. It's also, mm-hmm. it's been harder to write. And then I try to come back. I've come back and I've done probably three mics, and I try to like bring back the old jokes that I had, like in the back of right. my pocket that I just had down memorized. And I'm just like, "Fuck, what was the, what was the tag I had for this?" <laughs> like I could get halfway through the joke and I'm like, "Okay, never mind."
1: Just oh. kidding. Next. <laughs> uh, you no, know, Hitler that. didn't kill enough Jews.
0: <laughs> I've done that with like four jokes that I just had, I had them down because I was you know using them.
1: You know, sometimes I'll come up with a premise. Uh, and I'll get to an open mic, and I'll start talking about the premise because I'm like, let's see what happens. Let's mm-hmm. see where this goes. And then I finish the premise, and that's it. It didn't go anywhere. I didn't come up with a punchline on the fly. Okay. And then afterwards, I'm always like, why the fuck did I think that would work? Like, yeah. why? I know. I've
0: done that plenty of times, <laughs> Why too. did I
1: think that I could just write that? And sometimes it works. Every once in a while it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty rare.
0: It's it's a lot harder for me to write on stage than than it seems like it is for other people.
1: I've never written a full joke down. Mm-hmm. I've never written out a joke. I've written down premises and bullet points that, mm-hmm. you know, for tags I need to hit and stuff, but I've never written out a script word for word mm. of jokes. Um, and a lot of times I'll write down just the premise and then uh, work it on stage and write it on stage. I don't. Nice. I, I have a terrible memory, mm-hmm. so I can't do what Skylar does. I can't memorize my set. It, yeah. it just doesn't work for me. Um, I would never be a good actor because I can't memorize lines. And that's the one reason why I never got into comedy, early, uh, comedy earlier was because I thought you had to memorize your whole set. And mm. I was like, I can't fucking do that. Yeah. But then I, mean, I tried it and I was like, this isn't that bad.
0: There's a lot of like great comedians who don't write. Like I was listening to Patton Oswalt and he was saying he doesn't write any of his material. Yeah. And his jokes are very long and detailed yeah. stories. And it's just like, damn, that's impressive. He's just a
1: very eloquent dude too. The way yeah. he talks and, and how verbose he is. It's It's a good thing. I, I miss it, man. I really do. I I hope everything clears up sooner rather than later because I want to get back at it and um, I, I you know I haven't written any Corona jokes. I haven't written anything involving any of the political stuff. I, actually, nothing of 2020 I've written. Yeah, Corona jokes just feel hacky. They do feel hacky. And and if you <laughs> if you figure out a way to do it very cleverly mm-hmm. and very original, it's probably going to be your funniest shit because it's relevant, but also mm-hmm. it's really good. But that's going to be rare for people to do. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be harder than just writing a regular joke. Even though you think like, oh, Corona is going to be easy to write about. You're going to have to do it in a way that's way more difficult in order to achieve something that's good. For sure. Um, And I I don't know. Uh, It's it's just not I just don't want to. Also, people are tired of fucking hearing about it, too. You know, I'd rather talk about, you know black people again or whatever and
0: also like if you're in a bar (laughs) if you're in a bar right now you don't get you obviously don't give a shit about corona because you're you're out mingling in the world
1: (laughs) oh man i'm taking a trip to colorado this week and um i'm kind of excited because we're going to be doing a lot of outdoorsy stuff Mm -hmm. uh, because it's cheaper and you know to stay away from Corona stuff, you know, just, I wanted to yeah. take a vacation with my kid and my girlfriend.
0: And they're probably not spiking like Texas is.
1: They actually did just redo the bar shutdown. Same oh, kind did of, they? Same kind of thing we did, oh. but I don't think their numbers were as bad. I think they were just trying to get, mm-hmm. stay on track and do better. Um, but I, I think it's going to be cool because I'll be outside. We're going to go to the Garden of the Gods and uh, Cave of the Winds and nice. Manitou Springs and Colorado Springs. Oh, and cave of the Winds. Maybe Pikes Peak. Just kind of be outside mm-hmm. you know everybody's been so cooped up uh, me especially it's for me more than anybody else yeah. not because i've had to but because i really enjoy being inside and like playing video games and mm-hmm. scrolling tiktok like i really enjoy those you things you have a tiktok yeah absolutely
0: it's a little suspect that's
1: okay <laughs> uh, i'm not a pedophile i'm not a rapist uh i just really enjoy funny content and girls with big boobs oh they're on um there. yeah yeah, might check it out. Let me show you how to set up that, <laughs> <laughs> that account real quick.
0: Which hashtag? Big boobs? Okay.
1: Um, but it's uh, I've actually found a lot of good comedians on TikTok. Have, some of my um, friends will
0: send me like stand-up clips on TikTok.
1: Stand-up clips, sketch stuff is really funny. There's that's a lot a, of funny sketch. I dudes. mean,
0: if you're if you're an up and coming comic, that's probably the best place to sure. be posting your stuff right and now. And then
1: also a lot of different artists. I'm really into art, so you know, painters and uh, and people who draw and mm-hmm. you know, leather art, all kinds of stuff. So it's nice. It's, uh, it's cool man. It's a, it's a good platform when you use it the right way, that's for sure. If you're trying to pick up on 12-year-old boys, it's probably not your best bet because you'll get arrested, but
0: mm-hmm. Well, unless you make a fake profile that Chris Hansen doesn't notice and you can just, you know, slip in.
1: I watched a <laughs> I watched a little documentary on the rise and fall of Chris Hansen the other day, a little 10-minute internet video. Nice.
0: He got in trouble for trying to cash hot checks, right?
1: <laughs> Yeah, and then he was, like, cheating on his wife and stuff. Damn. Somebody hired a private investigator to track him down, and he went through some scandalous stuff after he was already busting people for scandalous stuff, so. (laughs) That
0: tends to happen, man.
1: I like how uh, on that show, To Catch a Predator, um, like, the people, you know, the guy would show up with the pizza or, like, Mm -hmm. whatever, and he goes in there, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? Let's hang out. And the girl's like, okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to go take my tampon out or whatever. Go take my damn shot. (laughs) And And so and it's like a it's like a twenty year old theater student who they hire to act like she's thirteen and she wears a hat and she's Mm -hmm. like, I'll be right back, like super fake. Mm -hmm. She leaves the room and there's a black curtain in front of, like, an open door frame in the kitchen? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not suspect? Like, what do you keep back there? The Badgers? Like, what what are you hiding back there behind that curtain? It does seem a little weird. And you can see the guy's eyes kind of darting around. Like, he knows he's doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. and he knows that there's something about to happen. And then Chris Hansen walks out, and the first thing they fucking ask, who are you? Mm Mm-hmm. As if any answer would be the right answer. You know what I mean? Like any answer would be, yes, you're getting out of this. And yes, there's nothing that's going to happen to you.
0: I'm here for the 13-year-old like you are. Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, we're tag teaming this shit, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I got the same ad you did. She called me over. Sorry, it's a surprise. Uh, No, like what if, you know, they're like, are you her dad or something? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what, is that is that better than police? That'd be is even that, worse. Yeah, fuck that. I would expect the dad to murder are you, me. Are you the big brother? Like, who are you? <laughs> what? What if he's just like, no, nah, I'm just fixing the plumbing. I'm I'm be gone in a minute.
0: It's it's always funny to me that they don't recognize him, and then he's like, I'm Chris Hansen.
1: Because you know, <laughs> you know, every one of those dudes has watched that show. because <laughs> yeah, they know what to. they're getting into. They've had to have seen. Yeah, it they're like, hmm, how can I not get busted? <laughs> and then they they show up and they're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that one dude there was a guy <laughs> he was so arrogant he goes in there brings a pizza i, mm-hmm. I said that because it was one of the ladies i've watched so many of these episodes because mm-hmm. um, i don't want to get busted <laughs> <laughs> what not to do <laughs> no that's stupid um but he uh he brings a pizza and then chris hansen starts talking to him and he's asking these questions about like what was this you said about having your cock out to this girl and he's like well i just you know we hang out we watch a movie I didn't say anything about having sex. And he's mm-hmm. like, it says right here you were going to put it inside her. And he's like, yeah, but what I meant was, like, maybe mm-hmm. we watch Inside Out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, e- he starts eating the pizza that he brought with him mm-hmm. as if he was like, I'm not going to waste this. And, I mean, I guess if you're going to go to jail.
0: Oh, wait, I, I saw that one because it was uh, someone shared it on, like, Twitter. And it was uh, after crystalia got in trouble. I don't know if you heard about him. I didn't. Oh yeah, um, they somebody posted a bunch of screenshots of Cristalia like messaging, like emailing sixteen and seventeen year olds. Damn, being like, let's hang out, like with a bunch of like.
1: Was it like let's fuck or was it like let's hang out?
0: It was like let's hang out. I want to make out. Stuff oh, okay, like that. There, there, it is. Yeah, yeah, There's but the... nothing about. Well, I guess making out illegal. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. No, it is. I don't know how it works, but.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it. It doesn't matter if it is or isn't. It should be. But... <laughs> it's still horrible.
0: Yeah, someone posted a clip of his podcast where he's watching that episode of to catch a predator with his brother. And there's a, there's a part where he's like, okay, I would never do this, (laughs) but if I did, (laughs) I'm just like, Oh, well he just fucked himself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's like the OJ book, man. You can't do that (laughs) shit. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, it's been a sad time in pro wrestling last couple months because there's been the speaking out movement, uh, where a lot of fans, other female wrestlers, uh, other male wrestlers for that matter. I oh, bet that's
0: been, a hard industry for women
1: have been coming out, uh, talking about sexual abuse or mm-hmm. verbal and physical abuse. Um, just, uh, you know, it, pedophilia, just all kinds of stuff, man. It's, it breaks my heart, man. Cause I've had, I've had friends and people who I respect in the business who have been outed and, um, it sucks, man. Cause yeah. you know, you, you, Your perspective changes on who that person is. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but then also on the flip side of that, I think there is, again, we're doing that dynamic society thing, that extremes on both ends. I think there's been other cases where, you know, vengeful, you know, whether it's a fan or a wrestler somebody who got, you know, who has a grudge uh, says, oh, well, this happened to me you know, 10 years ago or whatever it is. And this is what happened. And they're yeah. just trying to get somebody in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think both of those things are happening. I think people are being outed. And I think that's good uh, in a lot of cases where scumbags, locker room scumbags are being outed because, you know, they're pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's other, other, the flip side of that as well. I think it's happening both ways and it sucks, man. Cause it's a whole lot of it going on right now. And a lot yeah. of people are getting called out uh, and it's not just a, a local thing. It's, it's a national thing. Uh, it's a worldwide thing and it hurts to see people who you respected uh in the business be called out for being a piece of shit and you you kind of i mean as much as you wouldn't want to you do want to feel the same way about them you know and yeah and and think they're a piece of shit because that's not good you know those those kinds of things are the worst types of people Mm -hmm. um but you you
0: you, you also have to wait to see how it plays out sure
1: absolutely um but there have been people you know even friends of mine who have admitted to because you know screenshots of text messages mm-hmm. and interactions and stuff like that um where they have admitted to it they said you know i i want to be better mm-hmm. um, this was bad this you know and a lot of it's there's not a whole lot of current stuff a lot of it's stuff being brought up from the past mm-hmm. and i think people can change but yeah, absolutely. You, you you still have to uh, you still have to be shamed yeah um, and you still have to openly those, with those things
0: you still have to openly admit what you did yeah. and acknowledge that it was wrong and,
1: and you want to be better but you still have to be shamed mm-hmm. there still has to be um, some resentment towards you for those things because you know that's like asking somebody who murdered a family member to just be like hey you're okay with it right like mm-hmm. no no man I'm not like it's It's not good. Um, uh, The wrestling business is in a a weird turmoil, and I think that goes with any performance because um, there's a lot of ways that things can go sideways. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a musician, a comedian, anybody who does live performance, because
0: there's no way to vet these people.
1: Right? There's no. You know, you're not gonna. I mean, you should, but you know if there's a party going on and a bunch of people are drunk and doing a lot of drugs or whatever. And then somebody starts hitting on you and you're not going to like be like, Hey, let me check your ID real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, you're at a party and you're drinking and you have tattoos. Like it's, it's all signs, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes you don't even think about that shit when you're inebriated, but it's, uh, it's, it's scary, you know, with cancel culture and, and with wanting those things to change not wanting those situations to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great that people are being outed for the scumbags that they are. But if something happened and a mistake was made and you didn't know about it, that would be the worst part. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're texting a 14-year-old girl or a guy and, you know, uh, they say, hey, I'm young and you probably shouldn't be talking to me. And you're like, ah, nobody will know, like that kind of shit – is Mm -hmm. fucked beyond belief oh absolutely that should never happen and those people should be you know punished to the fullest extent of the law and you know if you want to beat the shit out of them do that Mm -hmm. um but you know somebody who maybe i don't know if a a 17 year old was at a party and you didn't know and you know it's it's pretty fucked man that that's the way the world has become and you know there's a lot of comedians who have been you know louis ck there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of Abuse stories, and uh, you know, you hear all these stories about the rock and roll lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. from the 70s, 80s, stuff like that, and how crazy things were.
0: Yeah. No, I think if you go back far enough, they were all probably like fucking teenagers.
1: Yeah, the world can't. Um, like
0: Elvis like married like a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, dude, I'm sure. And in the everyone 20s, was everyone was chill about that shit. I'm sure in the twenties, <laughs> rape was
1: common. Like, I'm sure everybody just raped yeah. everybody. Like, yeah, probably. And man. it was like shut up, or I'm gonna get a divorce, and you don't want to look like a bad whore wife. You know, like mm. it's you know that's the way shit worked. Yeah. Um, not all the time, but I'm, I'm sure that was more common than yeah. we'd like to believe.
0: But yeah, there's there's like no way these like. Metal bands in the '80s were like, "Come on, show us your ID. Come backstage." You know, oh, they were just like, "No, we're we're just gonna fuck you." No, they were like, <laughs> "Show
1: us your IDs. We need to make sure you're underage." <laughs> That's what they were doing. Motley crew probably. Fuck. But it's it's just so crazy because we're we're in that pivotal time, man. We're in we're in a weird, strange time of um society changing. Yeah, all the way around, and I've seen it in I've seen it in comedy, I've seen it in wrestling, I've seen it in politics, I've seen it just. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we've seen it all over the world. It's all over the news. Uh, twenty twenty has been a real bitch of a year, and for sure. I'm excited to see what comes after this because it will be one of two things. It will be um, super good for the growth of people's perspectives mm-hmm. and being able to have an open mind all the way around. And being able to build a better society um to be more welcoming and more uh caring about others and being able to uh appreciate others more than yourself or it's just going to be our downfall yeah i mean there's really no middle ground because things aren't just going to be the same anymore
0: yeah definitely not
1: it's uh it's a big change and i'm excited about it um I used to, uh, and I I still am, I'm an advocate for comedy in the way that that is the space in which we are allowed to uh, bring those negative things into light Mm -hmm. and be able to process those in a comedic way in order to make them not have malice anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I hope that that's not taken away with that extremist view of... Mm -hmm we can't make fun of that anymore. We yeah. can't say those words anymore. We can't talk about that anymore.
0: Definitely. I was watching, uh, Dave Chappelle, the Mark Twain awards. It's on Netflix, but he, uh, he went up there and he was making a joke. He was like, it was me, Martin Lawrence and this dyke name, Ellen. And then like the crowd kind of laughed and went, Oh, and he's like, this is the last place where we can say these things. Yeah. And yeah, he's like a huge advocate for like, for that. And I Absolutely. think it's awesome.
1: Um, Because it's either that or the people who aren't, who don't have that platform, the racists, the rapists, Mm -hmm. all the bad people are just going to keep doing it under their breath and under Mm -hmm. the radar and shit's going to get worse. Um, Because the internet has, you know, a lot of people talk about like killers and and all these sickos, um, you know, pedophiles, whatever. There's so many more of those now Mm -hmm. than there ever have been. It's not true. Um, they've always been there. They just didn't know they could. They just didn't know there were others Yeah. in a lot of ways. And the Internet has they made that. They just didn't have 4chan where they could all get yeah. together. <laughs> they've, it's made it more prevalent um, only in perspective. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's shown the world how much of that is out there. And now we're freaking out. Now we're kind of like, oh, shit, well, there's all these racists and all these, yeah. these pedophiles and all this bad stuff. I'm like, no, no, no they're just speaking out more. They know that there's other people like them, so they're trying to kind of gain power that way. And I don't think it's going to work because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think there are... <laughs> I think there's way less pedophiles than there are normal people. <laughs> so I think we can outnumber them. Hopefully. Uh, but it's... Uh, just not it, the billionaire ones, you know? Yeah. They're hard to get to. It is crazy to <laughs> uh, to see where the world's going to go. So as long as I can uh, still tell jokes and use the N-word every once in a while, I'll be all right.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't think comedy is going anywhere because, like, the, the biggest advocates are, like, Chappelle, Burr, like, the biggest names in comedy are, like, no, like, we're not going to bow down to you. We're going to say whatever the fuck we want. Sure. So I think it's,
1: it's one of the last art forms uh, that that will still be around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything else kind of changes. Everything else, you know, like, movies have gone from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray to streaming to, you know, whatever the next thing is, having them implanted in your head. Uh, television's gone from rabbit ears to cable to satellite to mm-hmm. streaming and stuff. So um, comedy is the one thing that's been the same since the days of Shakespeare. Comedy is the thing that has been one, one person or a few people in front of a crowd where that one person or a few people is putting on a performance and the crowd laughs. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Um, and I think as long as that human emotion is the purest and... The best one for people, we'll still have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we can't laugh about shitty situations, then we're all just gonna feel shitty all the time.
1: It's true. I don't want to feel shitty all the time. I want to laugh. Me either.
0: I know. I know, it, man. It's uh, it's been hard to feel motivated to write because lack of stage time, but also just because like the whole police brutality thing, the whole Corona death rate thing. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's just, it is the current, (laughs) current events aren't, it's hard to find the humor in current events.
1: I think that's why, another reason why I haven't written a lot about what's been going on this year. But the way I look at it is I'm writing all these things so that when we are on the other side of this, no matter what that is, whether it's the downfall or the uplifting, I want to be ready to do what I do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to be ready to make people laugh so that they forget not forget So that they're more at ease with Mm -hmm. everything that's happened I don't want anybody to forget what's happened because it's all been very important Mm -hmm. even the coronavirus Um, But I do want them to be able to cope with it. And if I can help with that in any way Fuck it. Let's do it So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to to what comes next. Uh, I write all my best shit in the shower Nice. Which sucks because I'll come up with premises while I'm in the shower. And how the fuck are you going to write? You got to get a down?
0: waterproof notepad.
1: I think so. Because <laughs> uh, usually what I do is I'll have my phone on a little stand outside of the shower. And nice. I have a towel hanging right there. So, I'll, like, if I think of something, I'll, you know, dry my hands off mm-hmm. and then put it in my phone real quick. But, uh, or use, like, the, the voice to text. Um,
0: yeah, but your voice to text, it always reads the N-word wrong. It's like, did you mean bigger? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Usually it's ninja, but (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, it, I I was thinking about that. Um, yesterday I was writing a new joke in the shower and I was, you know, thinking like, it's really funny how my joke writing is so closely timed to my masturbation. (laughs) I don't know if there's a correlation there. That's a great premise. But, uh, maybe so. Maybe my most creative mind is that of a serotonin-filled post-masturbation mind. I don't it just know. comes to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was just trying to, just trying to tag it with with some nastiness. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Always bring in the nasty. Mm-hmm. What's your, uh, what's your favorite joke that you've ever written?
0: That's a good question. Um, favorite joke I've ever written it'd just be a lot of my jokes are like really short like one-liners um i think my my favorite like joke that i have now is um i wrote one recently and i haven't got a laugh from it yet but it was like oh after that uh nascar thing i was like uh I just found out there's a black NASCAR driver. Like that's crazy to me. Like it's really impressive honestly to be a black man in NASCAR. It's brave. It's courageous cuz he dresses up every day and he gets in his car and he goes as fast as he can knowing full well that he's probably going to get pulled over. And <laughs> first time I told it nobody laughed but I'm really excited to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. That's a good one. Um Do you Do you hang on to your favorites, even if they start to fail?
0: Um, Yeah, I hang on to everything. I won't always, like, keep telling it, but it's always, like, I don't throw any jokes away. Yeah. Um, But, like, the jokes that I've had for, like, you know, over a year, they kind of get stale. And I try to, like, repurpose them or spin them a different way. And when I try to, like, when I try to tag them up differently, it never works. Usually not, so
1: sometimes even putting them in a different spot in your set Mm -hmm. helps out, you know, if uh, you have one that kills at the end and then you shorten it up and then throw it at the beginning or, you know, second joke, uh, and figure out your segues. Sometimes that helps. But, um, I, I think I was thinking about this the other day, like one of my favorite jokes that I've written isn't even like one of my best, Mm -hmm. but it was one of my first hits and, uh, it's dated now, but it's, it's the GTA joke. Um, I, I really like that joke uh and i want to figure out how to capture the magic of that joke again mm-hmm. with a different one uh i did my my stool closer my physical act um a little differently before and then i redeveloped it about a year ago yeah and i yeah. saw
0: i saw it once with a was it was a dildo right yeah that was pretty funny
1: yeah so i redeveloped it and now i think it's even better than mm-hmm. than the dildo. The the uh Spotify fucking playlist <laughs> version is better than the XY stildo version. Yeah, it's
0: a really good one. Your uh your jokes uh about books. I really like those up. too. Yeah. Those are yeah. great. Those are really funny.
1: Um I got that idea from uh Bo Burnham mm-hmm. because he does like he did the uh the haiku's um and I really like the premise of like kind of taking a break in the middle of the show and just getting serious Mm -hmm. and like, you're going to read something, but then it ends up being, you know, more jokes. I I like that premise of, of kind of, it's almost like a family guy joke, you know, Mm -hmm. a family guy, you're watching the episode and then they mention something and then they cut to something that's completely unrelated, but also kind of related Mm -hmm. to what they just said. And then they just cut back to the episode. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, just a little, a drop in. And I really like that. Uh, I want to develop more of those, and I think this uh, life hack thing is going to be kind of one of those things. But.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bo Burnham's hilarious.
1: Uh, he's a genius, man.
0: I don't remember how he set up the joke, but it was just one line where he was like, you guys ever think about like how Anne Frank didn't want anyone to read her fucking diary? <laughs> <laughs> and just that line alone is so funny to me.
1: He, he, was, <laughs> he was a theater kid, and it's cool to see somebody who understands performance in such a meta way that he can take advantage of already knowing what's going to happen and how that mm-hmm. crowd's going to react, because he, he, he it's such it's so manipulative it's so like Andy Kaufman esque, mm-hmm. um, it it's brilliant it really is because he you know he even on his latest special I think it's his latest one at the end he does this like um, this Kanye West esque song. And he's talking about how, like, and you can you can tell there's a, a slight hint of his, like, I think every comedian's depressed. I think that's part of why we're comedians. Um, and you can see a little bit of his uh, anxiety and his depression and, and mm-hmm. his uh, wanting to be accepted, but also, like, the not caring about any of that. Uh, all kind of tucked into that song. Because mm-hmm. um, he talks about how, like, I hope you love me, but it doesn't really matter. And just then he goes into some shallow lyrics and it's like, you know, he tucked that in there, um, to be funny. Mm-hmm. But also I think there's a hint of, uh, of realism in that. I think it's a hint of art within your funny art.
0: Yeah. Is that the song where like the, the voice is yeah. like talking shit to him at the same time?
1: No, no, no. This one's, this one's one where he's got like the auto tune okay, at yeah, the yeah. end and all the lights. And he's like uh, yeah, talking about Taco yeah, Bell burritos or something.
0: <laughs> need to watch that again.
1: It's, uh, he's good, man. He did a sit down with a bunch of comedians one time. It was like, um, Shit, I don't even know who was in, who was in it, but. it. Was
0: Ray Romano, right? Yeah, Ray yeah, was yeah, one yeah. of them. I watched. Uh, I've seen that clip.
1: He did a few, but he, you know, just the way he talked, he's so fucking smart. Yeah. And he's young, dude. He's like what twenty five now.
0: I think he started at like sixteen. Yeah, he just did
1: YouTube stuff, doing music and whatnot. Impressive. Um, he's good, man. He's one of those guys that I fucking hate because I'm so jealous of. Yeah. You know, um, I I love him, but it's also like I have this disdain for him. I think because he, he's so um, young and so smart and does so well.
0: He like directed or produced a movie.
1: Yeah, the uh, I think it's eighth grade. That's what yeah, it's called, something, like or something like that. Um, I still want to see that. It's it's had mixed reviews, but um, yeah. there's a lot of those dudes. Like Andy Kaufman was a genius. Uh, Jim Carrey's kind of the same way. He's gotten a little crazy now, mm-hmm. but just a lot of those guys who have that sort of serious side to them, and they're able to intertwine that and just drop it in, just sprinkle it in. They bob Ross it into the uh <laughs> into the act um to show that other side of them um Robin Williams he was another one just Oh yeah, it was great. Um Dave Chappelle I like think all, uh all those guys really do a good job of being able to uh drop a little bit of good seriousness in their I think their uh stuff.
0: Sandler is kind of underrated as a stand-up comic cuz I watched his Netflix special and he's just he's like such a like goofy silly guy with his like his own like style and it's hilarious, but yeah, I guess super funny, but he's like in his like own little world because it's like, so it's, it's not like clever or thought provoking. It's just like, it's just Adam Sandler, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But it's awesome. I enjoyed it a lot. I was also on mushrooms, so it was even funnier.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. Adam Sandler was talented. So it had to be mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of, of sandler's like uh, music stuff mm-hmm. like the old cheesy snl stuff i wasn't a fan of some of his movies are good you know billy madison happy gilmore uh mr deeds click like those movies yeah. are good but he's had a lot of stinkers too yeah
0: but like his his humor is like only something that he could do you sure. know like if someone else were to like try to do sandler as comedy you'd be like get absolutely. the fuck out of here
1: absolutely it's carrot top it's uh mm-hmm. you know it's gallagher it's like there's only certain dudes that can do certain things and Um, I don't know, man. I want to find that voice. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that, uh, you know, a lot of comedians blend together because they're all sort of cookie cutter. Yeah, definitely. And I try to think that I'm not. Mm -hmm. But then again, like, I think anybody, I could write for somebody and anybody Mm -hmm. could do my material in a way that that's the same way I do it. That's that's something, even after five years, I'm still trying to figure out what that voice is. I've been
0: thinking about that a lot, like, just being more personal. Because, like, I mean, if someone... I've heard people say, like, if someone else can do your joke, then you just need to be, like, more person. Like, yeah, if if your joke can be told by anyone, then it's not, like, you know, like, you enough.
1: I mean, think about, like, Mitch Hedberg. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about him a little bit on the last podcast, but um, his jokes were a lot of times just not funny if told by anybody else. That's true. But the way his delivery, his mm-hmm. cadence, his uh, personality, his attitude, all of that measure it up to something that's fucking hilarious absolutely and there's a lot of dudes like that and that's i think that's the next step uh for a lot of guys like us is just mm-hmm. figuring out what that voice is and uh sticking to it you know you can even see like like Nick back in the day if you watch any of his stuff he did straight stand-up and it was like anybody could do that and then really? he started doing the dark cynical stuff and and the real dry tone mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit there it was i didn't see any of his early stuff that's kevin, interesting kevin hart's the same way kevin hart just used to do you know black comedy. Mm-hmm. And now he's found that voice. You know, he does the, the mannerisms and the little characters. he's yeah, yeah. universal. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, so it's, you know, Carlos Mencia, he just steals everybody's jokes. That's his <laughs> fucking thing. So
0: that guy's, uh, doing comedy again. He's touring. He's got dates okay. and stuff. I mean, there's
1: going to be, there's going to be shit in the, in the, in the pot, you know, it's going to be bad. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Who are, um, some comics? You're, uh, who are some of your favorites?
1: Now or ever? <laughs>
0: mm, good question. Just, let's do right now.
1: So right now, um, Tom Segura. Oh, I really like Tom.
0: All his uh, specials kick ass.
1: Yeah. He's really um, consistent. Uh, Drew Lynch. I've been a watching mm-hmm. a lot of his little clips online. He's getting a lot funnier. Yeah, he's he's getting more comfortable. He's
0: killing the crowd work. Yeah. Um, i feel like his stutter is going
1: away no no <laughs> no. <laughs> no no he's still he's still stuttering it up um i, I don't know man some of my all-time favorites like louis ck is still one of my favorites yeah did Bill you
0: watch his latest special after the allegations i haven't
1: yet it was only on his website i just haven't yeah, bought it yeah i paid like seven dollars for it yeah was it good
0: it was good but it was also like
1: was it protected Nah. Was it was it a bit held back? You think? No, I think okay. I think
0: he went o- even more over than he usually would. Good. I think. Yeah, he's kind of like now that he's like the heel. Now that he's like seen as a bad guy, sure. he leaned into it harder. Good. And um, so it's you, it's, so it's funny. It's funny, but there's about like three or four kid fucking jokes, and it's like okay, like one kid, one to two kid fucking jokes <laughs> is good. But I'm like, cool with two kid fucking once, jokes. <laughs> but when you go to three, buddy. <laughs>
1: That's where I draw the line. <laughs> it's a lot a lot of kid fucking. Um, yeah, <laughs> Chappelle, I love Kevin Hart. I, I still I still to this day can go back and watch any Dane Cook special and I love it. Um, that he's That was awesome. I, I I hate Dane Cook as much as I love him, but mm-hmm. I can go back and watch any of those specials and and be entertained. Um, Carlin, I love Carlin.
0: Um, I I enjoy Carlin, but I just don't like, laugh when I watch Carlin. Sure, it's, it, it's more of a TED Talk.
1: Yeah, I don't watch it as, as comedy. I watch yeah. it as a societal observation. Yeah, but it's, it's
0: very real and honest.
1: Um, and then there's guys that I absolutely love that I go back and watch their, their comedy, and I'm like, you know, that's just not good. stand. Like Robin Williams, mm-hmm. a lot of his stand-up I didn't like.
0: Really? Yeah. I've never, like, sat down and watched a lot of his material. I know he got accused of stealing quite a bit. Sure. But... Yeah, I mean, he was also an actor, so... Um,
1: who else do I like? Any, like, brown, like, Mexican comedians? Hmm.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> I was trying to be diverse, but fuck, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Name some brown comedians. Uh,
0: Felipe Esparza, he was I here recently. I do like
1: Felipe. I, oh, I, like, I like pretty much... Is he the big guy with the big hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like pretty much any fat comedian. That's good, yeah. Um, Fluffy. Be, I really think that fat people are just... Uh, and and hate on haters, but I think fat people are just naturally funny, Definitely. because they've had to deal with that their whole life and yeah. being made fun of. And when they are able to tap into the funny, mm-hmm. I think that's it's so much more natural. Dude, because
0: first time I met Rob, no offense, to Rob, but he was uh, just like self-roasting himself yeah. just for being Mexican and being overweight, and I was laughing my ass off. And it yeah. wasn't even like in a comedy setting; we were we just had class together. Yeah, dude. But
1: Rob's a funny dude. I wish he would come back and do comedy. He says he's done, but. Uh, I keep asking him. I'm I'm trying real hard oh, to get. He's hilarious,
0: and he's such a nice guy too. Yeah, Wonderful I think human.
1: I think uh, I think if you and I join forces, mm-hmm. we might be able to talk him back nice. into it. Get him to one open mic, and he'll suck yeah. comedy's dick all over again.
0: He's the reason I even like found out about Yellow City Comedy because he was doing a show, and he was like, "Come out to zombies," and I was like, "Holy shit! I didn't know this happened here."
1: Yeah, I feel like a proud papa sometimes because just the chain reaction of. Like I, I you know, brought in one guy, you know, mm-hmm. five years ago or whatever. And he's like, hey, you should. And he starts telling everybody. And mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> it makes me happy, man, to know that uh, it's not. And, and I'm not trying to take credit for anything, but it lets me know that it makes me happy that those people are out there mm-hmm. that want to try it. And, uh, you know, if we can just reach them. And there's been tons of people that have come through and done Open mics and stuff, and some of them come back, and some of them don't. And yeah. Some people don't even go to the open mics, and they want to be on shows. And you yep. know, Kevin, it's whatever. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like. Um, there's
0: there's an exception. <laughs> there's an exception for the black comedians, I know. um, Kevin and Fredo, because they fucking murder. Yeah. Every time they fucking touch a microphone. Sometimes
1: I wish I was <laughs> black, so I would be funnier, and it pisses me off sometimes.
0: There's been a couple times where I've like we've had like an unfunny black guy, and I'm just like. Dude,
1: like that. Are you the, even black? What you was know? the dude from? <laughs> the dude from Lubbock. That was uh, at the R and R show. I'm trying to think.
0: Oh, like uh, pay me, daddy. Joe Cash.
1: Joe Cash. That dude. I was I was bummed. Yeah, I mean that guy. I don't know if it was just that set, but I was like, dude, this because talking to him, he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they got up there, and I was just, I was kind of disappointed, man. I, I've
0: I've seen him bomb and then I've seen him fucking murder yeah like it kind of I want to see him again is what I'm saying because I'm holding he's, judgment until he's I got a, a lot of charisma and no he's he's really he's got some great stuff who's who's the next hit local miss.
1: comedian that you see being uh, big like who's got the most potential
0: um, I think Colin if he uh, you know was able to put more time in yeah I think he'd be a murderer uh, I would agree with that Gabe too is really funny
1: um, Gabe's funny he just needs um. he needs life experience first of all he needs to go through mm-hmm. some shit <laughs> and uh, I'm not saying he hasn't he's just young mm-hmm. and stage time he just needs yeah. to he just needs to get up there more and, and not be afraid mm-hmm.
0: I would say he's yeah. got
1: some hesitancy he's got a little bit of fear and, uh, and you uh, gotta throw that out the fucking window
0: I think Colin's probably like the best writer um, absolutely but Fredo Fredo could be like a, a superstar yeah Fredo's for sure
1: Fredo's one of the best, uh, the best improv guys. The best guy that uh, you know, just going up there and be, just being naturally funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel co- like when I watch him, I'm like, oh, he's like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's him at work. That's him at home. Definitely. He's just a funny dude who figured out how to do it into a microphone. Yeah. And. Uh, and he's always he's hilarious. Man. He's
0: always writing too. I noticed that about him. Like Kevin's super funny but Kevin's just going off the dome, you know. And that's cool. It works, but
1: he's got a big dome to go yeah. off. Of.
0: <laughs> Fredo Fredo also does like the improvisation and he also like brings material and his material is funny.
1: Yeah. I think I think you're spot on with that. I think Colin Colin's like a like a Woody Allen mm-hmm. type of guy, like a you know, just minus the pedophilia. Right. Yeah. Um just like this dry nerdy humor. But then some stuff is so clever. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know he's he's super smart too. Um, Fredo does like urban comedy really <laughs> well. I mean he's just he he does black comedy really well, and it, it it makes me laugh because he he's not scared of it. He dives into it like there could mm-hmm. be it could be all white people in the crowd, and he's like, you guys aren't gonna understand anybody anything I'm talking about. But we're gonna go there. <laughs> That's it's funny, um, but it's relatable too, you know, yeah. um, to anybody. Uh, I think uh, Skyler is one of the best all around, definitely. I think he, he's a good writer, a, a good performer, um, and I hope he starts diving back in. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Skyler always does this thing where he's like, Oh, I'm not ready, I'm gonna bomb. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And then I mean, he murders. Yeah, and he gets up there and he has it all down perfect. Yeah. yeah. The timing, everything. Um,
1: I think that's just anxiety, man. Yeah. I think that's what I, that uh, just that confidence factor. He, he does that before every show. And I'm Absolutely. like, shut the fuck up, yeah. Skyler. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I wrote my set five minutes ago, and I only have five minutes of 15 minutes. So I'm going to go up there and just see what happens. And he's like, oh, well, I don't know the end of this sentence yeah. <laughs> in my set.
0: I don't think Skyler, like, realizes, like, how much, like, everyone, like, respects him. Sure. Because, like, he's, like, the leader of everything, yep. you know? Absolutely. And, he's, uh... And he has, like, he has no idea, like, how much all the other comics, like, look up to him.
1: Yeah, he's the guy that brought me back because I was, I was kind of done. Like, uh, we were running shows before you guys were around, and then we we kind of got burned out, and then nobody... I couldn't find anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. nobody else wanted to do comedy. And I don't even remember how Skylar and I bumped into each other, but... When I found him and and Tristan and, uh, Roth at the time, I was like, man, this is this is badass. There's other comedians like mm-hmm. I want to be back in with you guys, and uh, it's cool, man, to be able to kind of build that brotherhood and everybody kind of being on the same page of what we want this scene to be because there wasn't one ever since the comedy club closed down mm-hmm. um, years ago. There'd been those comedians that were still here that kind of you know did a show every once in a while. Um, Roderick and mm-hmm. and Vinny the mullet and stuff. Roderick's super funny. But they, they're they're gone now. Like there's like we're it. Mm-hmm. We're the comedy scene. Um, people, I get pissed off when people bring people from out of town, promoters or bookers bring people from out of town because they have such a diverse, um, good comedy scene here. Mm-hmm. It's probably way cheaper too. Yeah, but <laughs> you know. Um,
0: also, we're we're not doing the best job at like spreading awareness of ourselves. So I feel like a lot of Am Real Elf still doesn't know who the hell we are.
1: Well, and the, I think the, I think the thing that would help, um, cause people are like, well, we need to get out there and, and do more shows and kind of let people know who we are. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I think we need to build a brand, mm-hmm. um, on social media and in person and things like that and have fewer shows. Uh, cause the show's, are like the pay-per-views in wrestling. That's what you're going to see. That's what you're paying money to see. Mm-hmm. But we have to build a brand outside of that that's like the regular TV wrestling. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to burn ourselves out or anybody else by doing three weekly open mics and everybody's already seen the shit and then yeah. they go to a paid show and they're like, oh, we already saw this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, that, I think the answer uh, from a promoting standpoint would be doing fewer shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe one or two a month. Yeah, uh, I mean, one open mic, two open mics is fine uh, because we need to practice. Yeah. But um, I think having those big shows and promoting those as big shows mm. and just building up social media and, and building that brand around it, uh, you know, and that was kind of the... We had a meeting not that long ago. We're kinda of like talking shop on the podcast, but mm-hmm. we we had a meeting not that long ago talking about getting a new website and you know, I I redid the logo. I Yeah, the logo made, looks awesome. Made a new logo for us and kinda of was hoping that would be kind of a push for everybody. But the a lot of the guys we're involved with uh aren't as motivated yeah. as you and I and Skylar and and um you know, life gets in the way mm-hmm. and I I understand that I have a life too, but those guys are too talented not to make this some sort of priority.
3: Mm-hmm. It's and, a great way to put it.
1: Um, I think uh, I think if we can get everybody on the same page uh, and kind of around a schedule, it's going to blow up, mm-hmm. and it's not going to take long um, because I think we have the know-how and we have the talent to back it up. Yeah, um, I mean we
0: we have some killers.
1: I don't talk shit unless I can back it up, and mm-hmm. I'm talking shit so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hell yeah, man. No, I, I agree. It's, uh, I mean, I obviously like put a lot of time and effort into it and, you know, I kind of was expecting more people to have that same mindset I have, but I mean, some guys don't want to do this forever. Some guys just want to like, you know, perform every once in a while.
1: You know, honestly, when you first came into the business, I was kind of, uh, let me say this. I was proud. I, I am proud with how devoted you are to it. Mm-hmm. because um, I, at first I was like, man, this is another guy who wants to tell jokes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being Rob's friend, I was like, man, okay, Rob just brought a friend. He's going to try it out. And then just seeing you grow and and do better and, and take it more seriously and um, wanting to help. And now you're a big cornerstone of, you know, Yellow City comedy. It's uh, You're probably the driving force, to be honest, um, you know, because you're the one that keeps the wheels rolling. Mm. and uh yeah i just want to say thank you for that because oh yeah man no n- problem nobody else was you know we were trying but you've been kind of the sort of the backbone to make sure that we're still on track and still doing yeah. shows and still i don't want to work out open mics and
0: i don't want it to die because i've we've seen progress yeah we've absolutely. seen a lot of progress
1: i'm glad you're not just another asshole who wanted to <laughs> tell jokes for five minutes and try it out so
0: yeah that's why like i wait to like give people advice because, like, they're like, oh, I want to try out stand-up comedy. And they ask me questions. And it's like, well, just go try it. Yeah. Because I don't want to give you advice if you're not ever going to come back. Cause well, I, I just... <laughs> mean, we, we
1: could talk for, I could give you advice for three hours about how to perform and how to live life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't want it, what's the point? You yeah. know? And, and even then, you're not going to listen. You're, if you've never tried it, you're really not going to listen. That's fair, yeah. Because you're going to get up there and you're going to forget everything I said. You're Mm going to do your own thing, and you're going to try it, and you're going to be like, well, shit, now I'm going to try it this way. And and you're going to teach yourself more than anything.
0: And you're either like, wow, that sucked. I don't ever want to do that again, or wow, that sucked. How can I make it better?
1: It's it's, it's hard to get up on stage Mm -hmm. and tell jokes. Um, I think it's easy, but I've also done other things that let me feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think everybody should try it once. Even if you don't do well, I think it's healthy oh, absolutely. I think it's healthy for people to get up and and be embarrassed and humbling yeah, absolutely um, because that helps you build your confidence in other ways. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should get up to an open mic or you know learn a new sport or you yeah. know I think you I think the more you fail, the more you grow mm-hmm. and uh, I love failing yeah because it it allows me to kind of get the bullshit out of the way and see. See what needs to happen next.
0: You were there for like my first three performances. Yeah. And my knees were shaking. Yeah. Like I was scared to I move. Felt it. <laughs> I was, I was scared to look at people in their eyes.
1: I was, uh, I think Rob had talked to you about this one time, but I was so mad at you uh, during one of your first shows because you told a joke that was somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you knew it or not because I've done that before. I've told a Dane Cook joke mm-hmm. that I thought I wrote.
0: No, no, I've done that before too.
1: And... Um, it was, it was one about like wanting to throw dildos at kids at a daycare, like driving by the playground and throw dildos at them for fun. And I don't uh, think I wrote that. But no, no, yeah. no. This is Dane Cook. This, oh. is, one <laughs> I, this is one I stole. Um, <laughs> wanting to throw dildos at kids, but that's illegal. So we hired midgets. Mm. Uh, I think Dane Cook has a joke really close to that. And one of my friends was like, well, that's like a Dane Cook joke, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, I, mean, I don't think so. And then I went back and watched it. I was like, fuck, I told a Dane Cook joke. Um, and I don't remember what yours was But uh, I talked to Rob about it And I was I was a little hot at first Because I was like I was very prideful of the comedy scene Then mm-hmm. I was very like, you know Fuck that guy for trying to steal jokes But then I was like, well maybe he didn't know You know, and uh, I think Rob had talked to you about it And then, you know, I'd seen you perform a few more times And found out that you were serious about it mm-hmm. And like, I never heard that joke again um, And I was like, man, that's It showed me a lot yeah. Because I was, I, I knew you were taking it seriously, and you weren't just trying to get laid or whatever. Yeah, like, people get motivated at for. the
0: very beginning. Um, I was because I wasn't. I didn't know how to write yet, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I still don't compared to you know later in life. But <laughs> I was trying to kind of like repurpose jokes, sure, like not completely steal them, but like oh, take the similar premise and run with it. And yeah, definitely, I definitely caught myself like crossing into someone else's material, and then I'd be like, "Oh shit!" And yeah, I had to, I had to like stop and like redo Dude, everything.
1: It's, it's tough sometimes because you know you hear as a comedian or even just a person, you hear so many jokes, mm-hmm. people telling stories, and you don't remember where they came from. You don't remember yeah. if you thought it or if somebody told it to you or if it feels like your me. idea. I've had too you... many concussions <laughs> to <laughs> to remember where it came from. So, yeah, it's uh it's tough, man. But um, I think we got a good scene, and I think it's gonna grow. And yeah. again, I'm excited to see what happens after all this bullshit is over. Uh, whether it's good or bad, I'm still gonna be there being funny. So,
0: absolutely, that's the plan. Feels like a good uh good wrapping up point. I already asked you all my wrap up questions before. I didn't make up any more cuz I'm lazy.
1: Just make up one right now.
0: All right. Um superpower. What would you like it to be?
1: Um I was just talking about this the other day. I recently changed it. It used to be the tower the power of teleportation or telekinesis because if you had telekinesis, you could like move yourself. Mhm. You know. Um I would want the ability to speak all languages.
0: That'd be cool. Yeah. There's an app for that.
1: Yeah, I have Duolingo, but it doesn't work as fast as a superpower. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, I just uh, I think that would be advantageous more than anything else because I can see the downside of most of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, telepathy. If you could read people's minds, that would fuck you up. Uh, if you could teleport. Like, yeah, it'd save you time, but you'd lose the beauty in travel. Yeah. You know, just little things like that. But if you could speak any language, I think that would... I don't I don't know that there's a downfall to that. I think it would save your ass or...
0: I mean, you could have any job, basically. Yeah.
1: I think so. it'd be great. So, yeah, that would be mine, be able to speak any language. Or be able to speak all languages.
0: Mine recently has become a... Uh, I just want animals to trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pet you. That's it. That's you don't
1: all. want to talk to him. You just, I just want you to trust him. Yeah, just, tr-
0: just let me walk up to you and hang I out. I will
1: say that's the worst superpower i <laughs> ever heard. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: We're calling the superheroes. It's like, oh, I'll go talk to this
1: squirrel while you guys take care of the bad guy. I could talk to the squirrel because <laughs> I know squirrel language. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? All languages. I could just be like, hey, that dude's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I know.
0: I can trust him. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it is about this guy, but he's, I'd let him touch my nuts. Oh yeah. Glad, All right, oh, that's glad you good. Enjoyed right that.
1: That's a good wrap up. I like it. Okay. Yeah,
0: do you um have a uh, favorite song, good outro song you want to play?
1: Um Yes, let me think of the title of it. All right. It's uh Black Sheep by Poor Man's Poison.
0: Is it on Spotify? I don't know. Let's find out. Black Sheep. Alright, this is Black Sheep by Poor Man's Poison. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Love you
2: bye. I've been seeing things for how they really been. And I can see it in your eyes, and so you draw yourself my friend when you I've been hoping that you wouldn't. Black sheep on my back has been my sign of what's to come when you've been holding out yeah. This is the last time, and yes, this is the yeah. end. I should have known one day you wouldn't betray my trust. I'll tell you now, I never liked you all that much. When you find yourself alone,